is exhausting to feel like you aren't good enough, not pretty enough, smart enough, strong enough, skinny enough, funny enough. Insert whatever you think you're lacking, just not enough. Our culture sure reinforces this message, and then I think it often packages the promised answers in the form of nutrition advice, weight loss promises, even wellness culture. I'll never forget when I was a junior in college struggling with an eating disorder. I was trying to find my footing in the world and really trying to figure out what the future held. I had really big questions like, what was I going to do after I graduated? Would my relationship make it? How would I support myself? All of these really big questions coupled with our physique-focused culture made it really easy to funnel my discomfort with the unknown future into my body. I remember hating my body so much that I didn't want to take it anywhere. I didn't want to take it to the gym. I didn't want to take it to social events. I just didn't want to take care of it at all. I lacked that overall self-respect because I didn't feel like I was enough. Like I wasn't worth being taken care of. When I discovered that the problem wasn't actually my body and that food is my friend, it's my fuel, it's my energy source, it was incredible what doors opened up. All of a sudden, instead of obsessively counting macros or spending way too many hours at the gym working off food I thought I shouldn't have eaten, I had all this extra energy and I could redirect it towards things like my relationship with friends. That's when I met my husband. I started serving a bigger purpose. I realized that I was more than my body and more than my physique. The absolute craziest and most ironic thing about this is that when I made this shift, it actually made me want to take better care of my health. I am now the strongest and healthiest I have ever been, and I got here by doing some of the things that I was sure would cause weight gain. You see, I had to detox diet culture first. Then I had to get really up close and personal with my values, my genetics, my biofeedback, and align that with my health and what the healthiest version of me looks like. Now I'm able to live in a way where food is my fuel source and my body is my values vessel. What is your relationship with food stealing from you? What's up, food friends? Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Jazz, and if you're new here, I'm so happy you are here. I am a body bully warrior, food freedom guru, nutrition nerd with a capital RD. Get it for registered dietitian. <laughs> I am here to help you become an empowered eater. I'm dishing out nutrition fun with a side of science as we learn how to let go of guilt and that all or nothing mentality. I'm an eating disorder and insecurity-filled girl turned energizer bunny who just has an insatiable appetite for life. I'm a speaker, founder, and certified eating disorder and sports nutrition specialist. I'm fueled by faith, delicious food, and lots and lots of fun. I am in your corner cheering you on because I know you have this inner awesome and we just need to fuel it right. We need to fuel it with the right food, the right mental thoughts, the right relationships. I'm here to fuel your awesome with the nutrition info that supports you, empowers you, mental strength training, and confidence that radiates regardless of your body shape. This show is for the woman who wants to eat healthy but doesn't quite know what that looks like. The girl who's trying to break up with diet culture because she finally realizes there is no such thing as a perfect body, but also kind of scared that if she lets that go, she's settling. The mama who's trying to take care of herself and feed a whole entire family all before running out the door at 7 a.m. The college grad trying to get her feet on the ground and wondering if being healthier or skinnier or prettier would help. And the superwoman out there who is absolutely crushing life but still feeling like it isn't enough. Oh girls, the struggle is real! But you know you hold an inner awesome and I know you know this because you're here. You downloaded this podcast, you're listening, you're tuning in. So if you're ready to be the healthiest version of yourself, here we go. Food freedom means food is just food, and you can channel that energy you used to use to obsess about food and your body, you know, like all that, changing your outfit a hundred times or weighing food over and over. Now we take that energy and we can channel it towards serving your purpose, your family, your work, your inner awesome. It's so crazy how there's this ripple effect when we allow ourselves to be the healthiest version of ourselves. Our family feels it, our work feels it. 
Girls, the world needs it. I'm stoked to be in your corner. Be sure to connect with me on Instagram at JessBrownRD or check out all my resources, JessBrownRD.com. All right, Superwoman, are you ready to channel that inner awesome? We're going to take it up to the next level. Grab a cup of coffee, lace up your running shoes. Let's dive into today's show. Today's episode is brought to you by Studio 410. Are you a boss babe with absolutely no design skills? Girl, me too. <laughs> That's why I had to hire someone. If you're tired of wasting your precious time trying to save your business from looking like a hot mess, Kelsey Lensmeyer from Studio 410 is your girl. Kelsey is completely obsessed with turning small or home-based businesses into full-blown brands that are not only easy on the eye, they will totally stop potential customers in their tracks. Maybe you're just starting out and need a brand in a box, or perhaps you're ready to level up with a completely custom brand and website. No matter your budget, Studio 410 has as an option for you. Ladies, even if you're not totally sure what you're looking for, let me tell you from experience that Kelsey will help you figure it out. Set up a coffee date with her, whether it's in person or virtually, one convo with her, and she will help you clearly map out your branding needs and get you set up. Guys, she set up my brand. If you've seen my logo, it is so me <laughs> to the nut. I mean, it's a coffee ring. I don't think I own anything like my sheets have a coffee ring on them right now. <laughs> she knows me. She figured me out and she created a brand that is me. And I know you guys will be the same. View all of her branding options or schedule with Kelsey at studio410.com. That's studio, S-T-U-D-I-O, F-O-U-R, 10.com. Thanks, Studio 410, for sponsoring today's episode. Let's go ahead and dive in. Hey friends, so I have to tell you guys, the other day I went to the gym, it was a Monday morning, I had a really hard time getting out of bed. I mean, I, I guess I did get up, that that was a win, but it was a struggle and I'm all about doing things that feel good and make me feel energized and this did not. <laughs> so I got to the gym, I was going through the motions, but it just, it felt bad. Like, do you guys ever work out and it feels like you're moving through jello instead of air like you know you're doing an air squat and instead of just like popping back up it feels like there's like all this resistance in the middle of the air yeah that's what it felt like and you know I get there's days like that like we all have days where we just don't feel as great but if I'm being totally honest this has been continual and I started thinking during that workout what is my overall health right now you know how am I doing how am I doing with my food how's my sleep how's my functionality my mobility how am I doing with my relationships my friendships I mean, all the things. So I started going through the list and I realized I have some work to do and I need to do some inventory. It's been a crazy year. Lots has been going on. I mean, the world's in a crazy state and I, I definitely feel that. Um, we're going through COVID still and, you know, I think we're all, we can all agree, even though there's a lot of fighting, we can all agree that we're tired of it, right? We're ready for things to be back to normal and they're just not. I mean, my boys are in school and it's been great, but then they had to stay home because, they were exposed and so their classroom shut down. You know, it's been a lot. And I think being so busy, I tend to neglect some of the important elements of my health and I just got to get back to basics. So I want to work on that. And I thought it would be perfect timing because here we are in September and I know we've got listeners all over the world. So like shout out to my Australia and Guam clients. You guys know who you are, <laughs> but here stateside, September is when the weather starts to shift and we move into fall season, which one, that's super exciting to me because I'm such a 
basic girl. <laughs> I mean, the pumpkin spice, sweaters, scarves, all of it. I want all of it. <laughs> but at the same time, we're also moving into this season that's very busy. Like October comes and it's like the rest of the year just takes off. We've got the holiday season coming, lots of family in and out of town. And I know I'm not alone in this because this is when my clients start to come in. A lot of the health goals that they've set for the year start to really get derailed. So I thought it would be a good time to spend September really preparing for what is coming at the end of the year. We are super intentional at the beginning of the year. We have goals, we have targeted outcomes that we're trying to reach, but we tend to lose sight of that in the last three months of the year. So I thought it would be really cool to spend September really dialing up our intention, working to strengthen, working to align our actions with our values so that we can stand really solid on a foundation as we move into this season, the holiday, the chaos season. So that when it comes to the new year, we are not starting January 1st, 2022 behind. Like we're actually starting that day ahead. So the goals we set, we're ready to crush. We're not trying to make up the previous three months that we just, you know, became unintentional. So I've got some really cool things coming for you guys. I'm going to be sharing with you my journey, the things I'm doing to work on myself, which some of it's like fun self-care stuff, like going to the chiropractor. Ooh, just got done with that. That's like a love-hate thing, but I feel better. (laughs) We'll be talking through some really cool topics. I'm going to be talking about some functional, tactical ways to up our nutrition. And of course, the mental side of things, which brings me to today. Today, I have invited on one of my dear friends. She's also highly educated. This woman has a bachelor's degree, a master's degree. She's working on her PhD right now. She is an LPCC and director of higher level of care treatment for eating disorders here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And she also owns her own mental strength training private practice. Guys, she is an incredible human being. Her name is Kimberly Payne. I cannot wait to call her Dr. Payne. When she told me she was getting her PhD, I was, (laughs) I mean, aside from the fact that it's really cool and it's a major accomplishment, I just jumped right to the, can I, when can I start calling you Dr. Payne? I do it now sometimes because she's that knowledgeable already. But I'm super excited to have her on today because she is one of my people in my corner that when I am feeling dysregulated, I'm feeling overwhelmed, I pick up the phone and I call Kim. And when I call her, the things she says in response to me is such gold. I mean, she is full of so many resources, so much information, so many great exercises to help redirect us, specifically in the mental strength training realm. Mental strength training is something that is newer to me. The whole, the ideas and the concepts and the exercises, they're newer to me, but I think they are so valuable. And when I talked to her about this stuff, like I just, I always want to hit record. And so I thought, why not do it? Like I'll bring her on the show. We can talk through what we talk about on the phone. And then you guys can grab onto some of the benefits and the resources that she has. I know you guys are going to take so much away from today. She's going to walk us through some mental strength training theories and then some tactical tools we can take and some action items to move forward when it comes to our motivation. Because <laughs> that Monday morning, let me tell you my motivation, like if I were to rate it on a scale of zero to hundred, it was definitely at a four. <laughs> and it's been that way for a while, but I can't stay there, right? Because I know exercise and movement is such an important part of my health and I'm in a better mood when I do it. It makes me feel better. I sleep better. So not doing it really isn't an option. So I got to get the motivation piece figured out. So she's going to help us with that today. Really excited to have her on the show. Let's dive in. Kim, I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Jess. I'm glad to be here. I mentioned earlier that 
you are someone I actually call quite frequently, especially when I'm on the verge of like mental breakdowns because you always talk me off a cliff and like bring me back. I think that's a shared partnership. Even as a therapist, <laughs> I probably need someone to do that with. And you're my person, Jess, so thank you. So yeah, do I actually talk you off a cliff? Yeah, I think in many ways, like I can't see my own stuff sometimes, so it's helpful to have another person to point it out. And then I think we get a tag team, like I do that for you, so that's pretty cool. When we talk, I know like I get into it and then we send each other inappropriate memes and we usually like joke about things. <laughs> that is my main way of communication is pictures and memes, I know. so I'm about it. Uh, well, I'm so excited you're here. Um, we're going to be talking about mental strength training today. and. I love this concept. So this is something that I think like naturally has just shown up in my life as a former athlete and like working with sports. Mental strength training is just something like that is important that we kind of, we do naturally in some ways, but I didn't know there was this whole method to it. Yeah, it's really cool. And, and honestly, it got started based on my own history as an athlete in growing up all through high school and working on my own mental health and then becoming a therapist Naturally, I just work that way. I'm a very solution-focused kind of person. When somebody has a goal, I want them to work towards that. And then there's this opportunity to work specifically with athletes with eating disorders and looking at that through the lens of mental strength, which was just so appealing to me and so interesting to me that, of course, I pursued it. You know, mm -hmm. I went and got another master's degree to focus specifically on athletes, um, applied sports psychology, and mental strength training is now a real like foundation to everything I do. That's so cool. So if so, there's someone listening who's like me that had not heard of this before, that there's an actual language to this and there's a method to mental strength training. How do you intro someone into this whole concept? So what is mental strength training? So it's a little bit different than therapy, but it's really about like strengthening the mental muscle. So we think about training our bodies and taking care of ourselves and our health in a certain way. And we usually neglect the brain. Even therapy is the way of like, you're talking through your issues and you're looking at the problems, but you're not necessarily strengthening the muscle that's gonna help mm -hmm. you overcome and sustain things in the future. So mental strength and its overarching message is working on helping you to build the muscle that's gonna help you be resilient in the future. So it's not just about one time you go to therapy or maybe you go to therapy and resolve these issues. It's preparing you to be able to overcome things that haven't even happened yet. I love that, like strengthening your mental muscle. <laughs> yeah, if you think about it, it's, it's pretty clear that we need to do that and it's becoming more and more popular now. You'll yeah. hear about it in collegiate teams and professional teams. Mm -hmm. um, golfers, as an example, usually have 15 people on their team and two of them might be people focused specifically on their mental health. That is so great. And I think we're seeing that as more and more of a need now. I mean, if Simone Biles' story didn't say, didn't communicate that, I don't know what will, but how important it is that the mental piece is there, both in athletes and just, I mean, everyday humans, right? It's not just for athletes. Although I always say on here that I consider myself an athlete because if you go to the gym, I don't care what you're doing in the gym. If you show up and move gym outside on a trail, you're an athlete, right? Yeah, I even take it one more level is like, you're an athlete in whatever you compete at. Like mm -hmm. I'm really big on competition. So mental strength is even for people 
who want to work on their game at work or they want to focus on prioritizing their relationships. It's all about becoming stronger in the person you are. And like I said, being resilient. Like life happens and things happen. It's about overcoming those things and still meeting the goal. Oh, I love that. So you're saying I can use my competitive nature in other ways and use it for, for the good. Yeah, and we'll actually talk about that, but I love competition. Like I said, I think it fuels everything. We should be competitive creatures because we should always be working towards getting better. Um, And that's improving who we are, what we do at work, how we do in our relationships, because otherwise we're stagnant and we don't make any changes. I love that. I absolutely love that. Yeah, I'm so competitive by nature. And I think for a long time after I was no longer playing sports, I tried to suppress that in ways. You know, I was like, oh... You know, I'm not trying to win a state championship anymore because I was a soccer player and a track athlete. I was like, I'm not trying to do that anymore, so I guess I just need to can this part of me. And, like, it would still come out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And until I learned how to use it in healthy ways, um, it probably didn't come out in the best ways. (laughs) But now I I love that. You know, I try to use it in CrossFit, um, but it's against myself now. It's Mm -hmm. not against other people in the room. It's like, how can I Mm -hmm. compete against the person I was yesterday Mm -hmm. and be a stronger version of myself? Yeah, and that is the key to it, is that competition, when it's canned, like you said, it becomes something negative. Society shames being competitive, Mm -hmm. which really there's nothing bad about it. It's when we get to the like icky part of comparing ourselves and having our self-worth tied to it that competition becomes bad. But in the basic sense of competition, it's a good thing. It makes Mm -hmm. us stronger. It makes us healthier. It makes us want to work to improve our lives in many different ways. There's nothing really bad about it at all. That's awesome. I love it. In preparing for this, you had mentioned that there's a couple theories behind what motivates someone. So help us break down the different theories behind motivation. Yeah, so motivation is the first thing that we would ever focus on in mental strength training. However, I say it's like the first thing after the step zero that you do. So step zero is you have to take a first step. And after that, you have the motivation building, which is what everybody wants, right? It's like, how do I feel motivated? How do I feel confident? And really, you have to take that first step to get there. And the two theories that speak directly about this are the self-determination theory and the achievement motivation theory. So the achievement motivation theory first kind of goes off what you said, Jess, is that like you compete and you feel good and then you're like, I'm gonna compete a little bit more and feel a little bit better and I'm gonna compete Mm -hmm. more and feel better. And once you start achieving, you start feeling motivated to keep doing it because you know what you're doing and you like how it feels to be successful. And that's a key part of motivation. And then alongside that is our self-determination theory. And this is one of my favorite because I think it breaks it down into small steps for anybody to understand is there's three parts it's being able to have relatability. So you feel like other people understand what you're going through or have been in that same boat before. You feel autonomous, meaning it's your choice. Like you get to do it because you want to do it. You get to make the decisions. Um, And the last piece is that you feel competent. Like you know what you're doing. And the self-determination theory says, if you don't have these three parts, you're not gonna be motivated and likely you're never gonna start. So you have to be able to have those three components to get going. I love this. Okay, so these two theories, it sounds like they almost work together in, in a lot of ways. So the first one, the achievement motivation theory, right? Did I get that right? Yes. Okay, so the achievement motivation theory is understanding that the first step is actually just doing it. So it's like committing to the action. And then from there you feel motivation, which I love that um, 
I think a lot of people believe the reverse. It's like, oh, I, I'm going to wait until I feel motivated to make a change. Like I'm thinking in the line of work we're in, working with eating disorders, it's like a lot of people with eating disorders are in this place where they're like, well, it just doesn't feel right to do this next step or to start eating breakfast. It's like they're waiting for it to feel right when in reality it doesn't ever feel good to make that change until you start doing it mm-hmm. and you reap the benefits. Yeah, that's exactly what the achievement theory is saying, is saying you have to do something that's uncomfortable. That's how we grow, is in discomfort. Mm -hmm. And so taking that first step, pushing yourself to do something you haven't done, you then get like the reward. Mm -hmm. And we like reward as humans. Like when we get that, we're fueled to do more, and then we can build off of that. So those patients that you're talking about as an example is they just kind of have to do it. And I usually joke with patients who are like, I didn't say, ask them, what's the next step? What do you have to do? And they say, well, just do it. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, so just do it. Um, because then it, the ball starts rolling and they're able to continue mastering right. different things because they've already felt the reward of being able to accomplish that first step. Right, right. So then the second theory, the self-determination theory, it almost sounds like that fuels this process of like the action step in that first theory. It's like you have to have these three things in line. So you said relatability, autonomy and competency. Can you walk through either an example or just unpack this a little bit more for us? Yeah, so I usually use the example of if somebody really wants to to start running and they think about it all the time and they plan it out in the morning, but they never get out of bed and put their running shoes on. Mm -hmm. And the reasons might be that they don't really know how to do it. They might be saying like, okay, I got to get up and run a 10K and they really don't know how they're going to do that. They don't know the pace they should run. They don't know where they're going to go. Like they haven't even set the groundwork of how they're going to make that happen. Mm Also, they might not be making the choice for themselves. So that's where the autonomy piece plays in, is Mm -hmm. if that choice is not for them, like if they were doing it because their partner, somebody made a comment of like, oh, you really should start exercising, but it's not something they really want to do, it's not likely that you're actually going to start doing it. I mean, we can be guilted into some things, but we really can't be guilted to the level that we're going to change our behavior for the long term. Um, And then the other piece of that is relatability. So a lot of times people start new journeys without having someone on their team or having somebody that knows what they're doing or having somebody to like partner up with and then they're doing it on their own. So if you don't have accountability, you know somebody's not like going through the same thing as you at that same time, there's nobody to like push you to do better and there's also no one to give you the support that you need when you're like, hey, this is really hard. Mm And without those three components, you might never get up and put your shoes on. When you have those three, you're going to at least get up, tie your shoes. I'm not saying you'll actually go out and go anywhere, but you're making those first steps. And then that achievement motivate or the achievement theory kicks in to Mm -hmm. help you be motivated to keep doing it. Gosh, I love that. There's so much in that. So the relatability piece is get a support system, get somebody, your spouse, your friend, get, I mean, gym buddies are awesome. I have... I go to the gym in the morning, you know this about me, but I go super early and people are always like, why do you go so early, Jess? Like, aren't you tired? Uh, Yes, one, I am tired. (laughs) But two, like there's a group of people there that make me want to be a better person. I have fun, they hold me accountable, they text me at night, are you going in the morning? Like there's so much accountability there. I love that. Okay, so get accountability, get relatability, someone in the same place you are that can support you along the way. And number two, like the autonomy, when you were talking about that, it just made me think of like the importance of connecting your health goals to your values. And I talk a lot about that on the show is like, 
we got to detox diet culture. We got to make sure like our goals, our health goals are related to what we value in life. Not necessarily, like you said, because a spouse said something or somebody on the TV said something or we saw something on Instagram, Mm -hmm. like all those X, that noise Mm -hmm. can put these like goals or these things we think we should be doing in our mind. And a lot of times I think that's why we fail is because it's not in alignment with our values. Yeah, and if it's not something you're interested in doing, why would you do it? So I have a lot of people that I work with that maybe their doctor's recommending that they add in exercise or they're saying do some cardio and the person's like, that means I have to like get up and get on my treadmill and I don't want to do that. That sounds miserable. Mm-hmm. But when they can look at it as like, okay, like I really like hiking or I like being outside or you know, I really like taking my dog to the park and throwing the Frisbee, whatever it is then they feel like it's a choice that they're making because it's something they want to do rather than something they're told they have to do. I love that. So getting someone in your corner, like if you are struggling with changing your thought patterns, getting with a therapist, if you're struggling with what to eat, getting with a dietitian, Mm -hmm. if you're struggling with how to train for a 10K, getting with a personal Mm -hmm. trainer, like getting those resources in the right place to fill this piece of that puzzle. Yeah, and a huge part of that is that that's the reason people have those professions <laughs> right? is to help people. So I know there's this resistance of like, I don't want to go to a personal trainer until I've done this training first, until I've prepared myself to go to the gym and ask for the help. But that's bogus because their mm-hmm. job is to help you wherever you're at. Right. And that's going to give you the competency. That's going to even help you feel able to do other things that maybe you've been resistant to do in the past. I love it. Yeah, I know people always come in my office and they're like, Jess, there's just so much about food. I just don't know where to start. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm like, well, that's why I have a job. Mm -hmm, Exactly. (laughs) There's a reason I full-time work on understanding food is because it is confusing. Same thing with, I always compare it to accounting. Like, Mm -hmm. I know I was really resistant to hiring an accountant because I like numbers. I'm like, I should be able to add, Mm -hmm. right? I can make an Excel spreadsheet, but there's so much more to it. For sure. There's a reason accountants have jobs. Yeah, I joke with people is like job security. So when they come (laughs) in and they're like, this is going to take me forever. I'm like, well... I don't believe that. And two, you're giving me job security. So thank <laughs> right. you. It's a dope. You get two things from it, right? Um, okay. So let's walk through what someone can do. I mean, these ideas are awesome. I think the framework is really helpful. But what if you've got someone listening that's like, gosh, I've, I keep trying to add the gym to my routine. I keep trying to eat a little bit more intentional and I'm just stuck. Like what are the first steps someone can take? So if anybody's ever worked with me before, and Jess, you know this, is when it comes to work with people, I like to make it very simple because I like when things are given to me like, this is what you have to do and here's the ways to break it down. So the first steps to do is create an inventory is what I call it. And basically you're asking yourself some questions. So you might have to ask yourself, how much control do I have over this choice that I'm, I'm making or trying to make? The next part is, do I know what I'm doing? So that's the competence piece is like, am I capable of doing this? And if I'm not, what do I need to kind of figure out? And the last part is, do I have the support that I need? So I know that you referenced like people at the gym or people that are in that same activity as you. It doesn't always have to be that. I mean, it could be your friend or your spouse that you went out and went for a run or you were trying this new thing with food and they're just asking you how it's going. I mean, that's support too. Um, And those three questions are going to help you clarify things about your motivation and help you take that first step. Because remember, this is step zero. We have to ask ourselves these things before we even get started. So even if you're beyond this right now, it's helpful to do that inventory so you know where your motivation's at. Then if you don't feel confident, ask for help. Start out small, small, like we said. 
you look for the people that could help you build those changes. I love that. So the questions are, what is my driving force? Do I know how to do this? And what is my support system? Yes, for sure. So you want to know the reasons you're doing it. Um, again, the autonomy, like you have a decision to make this change. Mm-hmm. Um, and then exactly like what you said, do I have the support and am I capable or competent in doing this? Gosh, I, I absolutely love that. Well, listeners know how to get a hold of me if it's part of like the food piece and I don't know how to fuel my day. I need to help. I need help fueling my pre and post workout. People know how to get a hold of me, but what if they're like, I don't, the values thing, like I need help with that. I need help strengthening my mental muscle. How do they get a hold of you? So people can reach me at my email, kimpaintherapy at gmail.com. And that will just give you a link right to me and I will respond pretty quickly if anybody's interested. I'm also to help with any kind of resources you want. I know this process is a little daunting in, in mental strength training. But it's all about just getting your foot in the door, and I'm happy to help anybody with that. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Kim. I know um, I've got a few things like I want to strengthen my mental muscle on. You probably know what it is. I talk about it here on here all the time. I have a shoe problem, a serious shoe problem, and I probably need to strengthen my mental muscle on um, that. Maybe, Jess, you need to reframe it as a shoe solution because (laughs) you obviously do not want to make the decision to change it. No, I think you're right because I think about it in line with my values and I'm like, well, it doesn't really conflict with my values, so maybe that's why I keep doing it. All right, I guess I'll I'll divert my attention elsewhere. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks for being here today. Thanks, Jess. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope it strengthened your food journey and empowered you to live boldly in your body. Real quick, sister, before you go, if you liked today's episode, the best way you can thank me is head on over to iTunes, Fuel Her Awesome Podcast, leave a review and subscribe. Then take a screenshot and share it on your social media. Don't forget to tag me at JessBrownRD. And if you're looking for more resources, be sure to check out my website, JessBrownRD.com. I've got info on my e-course, Fuel Her Awesome Food Foundations, my 10-step ebook on how to beat body bullying, and so much more. I cannot wait to chat with you babes again. Until next time, cheers and happy eating.